Keyshawn, J. Will, and Zubin, the podcast. Oh, yes. It's all about time we heard from Greeny. Yeah. It's been an hour. We didn't even hear from Greeny. It looks very overcast, Key, here in New York. The snow is coming, they say. That's not for me. You know what they say about Greeny? Come for the guests, stay for the teaser. Keyshawn, J. Will, and Zubin, presented by Progressive Insurance. All of our guests join us this morning on the Goodyear Hotline. All right. Here's the deal. You said it before. The Bears are obviously in search of a quarterback situation that forever has been unfolding. If this show had been on the air 50 years ago at 7 a.m. 50 years ago, we'd be talking about why don't the Bears have the right quarterback 50 years from now. If we're all alive, we'll be talking about it as well. Sid Luckman. Sid Luckman is, I mean, yeah, yes. You have to be toting around your AARP card and then some to remember Sid Luckman, yes. And that's the deal. I mean, Key's just, you know, obviously we're being a little facetious here, but look, one great quarterback in franchise history, and they've been around as long as almost any team in the NFL. Shea Pepler-Cornett, our partner here at ESPN Radio, sports anchor in Chicago for a long time, knows the situation well. And she wants to strike from the record one quarterback that the Bears are thinking about. We're going to dig into two former top three draft picks that they should look at and whether the fellows agree. And let's start with this guy and Shea essentially saying, let's stop talking about this guy. Carson Wentz can absolutely not be the Bears quarterback in 2021. This is a guy that ranked at the bottom of the league in sacks, in turnovers, in QBR, in yards, in basically every statistical category that matters when you are a quarterback. When they were good, the Philadelphia Eagles, the year they won the Super Bowl, Carson Wentz didn't play in the Super Bowl, but played behind when he was healthy, a strong offensive line, and had a very, very solid run game. Two areas the Bears lacked last year. Please do not go get Carson Wentz as your quarterback. The Philly experiment already didn't work with Nick Foles. Why go get the other guy in Philadelphia? It makes no sense. Yeah, it does make no sense if you think about it from that particular logic. So, Key, she is not hot on Carson Wentz. We can discuss Wentz whether you agree or disagree. There's another guy that wore green for a good part of his career in Sam Darnold. Both of those guys could be available. But the question is, are either of those guys on a downward trajectory for whatever reason, are they better than Trubisky or what the Bears have at the moment? You know, based on this past season for all three of these guys, it's a wash, just based on last season. If I'm Ryan Pace and I'm Matt Nagy and I'm looking at this situation, I've got to get a guy that can help me win today. I can't go get a guy for the future. And I don't know, based on their offense and their style, offensive line is suspect, the running game is suspect. These quarterbacks need balance. And if you don't have that balance and you don't have the weapons around them, then they're not going to be successful. We've already seen it with our eyes on all three of them, right? We've seen what the Jets showed us with Sam Darnold. Different coach, obviously, whatever, different defense. But they still didn't have anything around Sam Darnold. And the only thing we could – Remember is there's an interception here. Oh, there's a drop ball there. Oh, there's another pick here. And then you look at Carson Wentz, same thing. He didn't have anything around him. Offensive line-wise, the running game was stale. The receivers were suspect. I mean, it was just like, so do you want to take those guys and transfer them to Chicago, give up draft capital, pay certain salaries for certain guys, make a Financial decision on the future of Sam Donald, because you're going to have to give up a late one to probably get Sam. And let's say you don't give up a late one, you give up a two or whatever combination is going to be. 
you got to figure out what you're going to do with his fifth-year option, which becomes only fully guaranteed against injury. Mm -hmm. But do you want to take that chance for a guy that has has some injuries in this league? So you're looking at all of those sort of things, opposed to just saying, I'd rather just stick with Mitch Trubisky and fix it. If you're supposed to be this hella offensive coordinator, hella offensive coordinator mind, fix the damn thing. What are you getting paid for? You get paid to fix players that that you believe in. That's what you get paid to do. Do it. Fix it. Well, he inherited Trubisky, correct? But he was brought there I understand. to I fix understand. Trubisky I understand. from Fox when Fox was the head coach and they went to the playoffs in their first year, but it was not the offense that led them to the playoffs. It was the defense at Khalil Mack and company. But this is a game of politics. You know how easily that can be moved, right? Like, well, you know, yeah, I thought I could fix it, but, man, those problems are way worse than what I thought. Here's what I will say about Carson Wentz. Here's what I say about Carson Wentz. Think about this for a second. We talked all year long about Jalen Hurts and Carson Wentz in this battle. And one of the things we said was like, I don't know. It seems like Carson Wentz is somewhat mentally fragile. So now what we, the Bears want to bring somebody who we've been talking about being mentally fragile to a situation in which he got hurt and he watched his backup quarterback win a Super Bowl and then have a statue put outside of that stadium with Nick Foles and put him right back in that same scenario? Here's I a, don't want that. I think everything you said makes sense. Here's a couple of things to think about. And this is just, I mean, there's no way to argue this. Of the three quarterbacks that we mentioned, Sam Darnold, Carson Wentz, Mitchell Trubisky, by far, Trubisky had the best season. Now, you just yes, have to let that agreed. marinate for a second. Yeah. For all the dumping we do on Mitch Trubisky and for all the dumping yeah. that people do in Chicago and Mitch Trubisky, in this scenario, he by far had the best season. He's the only guy that went to the playoffs. Yes, I get it, 8-8, eight and eight, all that. Here's the other problem, Key. And you helped me solve this, and this is something Jay touched upon in the first hour. If indeed it is a surprise that the general manager, Ryan Pace, and the head coach, Matt Nagy, have returned, obviously the pressure ratchets up even more. So if you've got to make discernible progress to keep your job beyond 2021, you have to make a major leap. You can't just be 8-8 eight eight again, scuffling, dying to get into the playoffs, and then being first-round fodder. You're not going to be able to make any discernible progress, in my opinion, right now, with a broken Carson Wentz, with Mitch Trubisky's trajectory not being where they thought it would be, and Sam Darnold, who is truly unproven. Not even a Marcus Mariota, who would now be on his third team if indeed he were to join the Bears. The problem that I think they have is they need to swing for the fences because all of the quarterbacks that have been connected through Schefter or Graziano or all of our people, all the people that have been connected to the Bears at the quarterback position aren't going to make them discernibly better. And if they're not discernibly better, other teams can rise, right? The Lions can get a little bit better. The Bengals can get a little bit better because that's where they are. The Bears need to make a leap, and nobody that we have discussed at all that could join them in the quarterback room can allow them to make that leap. That's just my call. You, you, you're right, but here's what I would say. If, if I'm sitting in that room and I'm running this organization, my goals and priorities is to fix the offensive line first and foremost. From that standpoint – I can go and get me a running back. I can go steal me an Aaron Jones. I can go find me a guy in one of these. I can go get me a Cam Akers if I'm scouting the way that I need to be. Mm -hmm. And I'm not trying to justify top three picks by throwing the ball all over the lot. I'm not going to do that. I'm going to play defense. 
and I'm going to run the ball. And then I'm going to allow my quarterback to be efficient. I'm not getting caught up in Carson Wentz was the second pick overall. We got to throw the ball 40 times. I just need a guy to make a few throws here and there. That's all. And I'm going to address the receiver position. And I know Allen Robinson is a free agent, but I'm going to have a conversation with him if I bring the right guy in. And that's how you're going to win. And you say, well, you're in the league with Aaron Rodgers. Yeah, I'm in, I'm in a conference with, in a division with Aaron Rodgers. Twice a year? Yeah, twice a year. Okay, so so what? I'm also with Kirk Cousins in Minnesota, in Detroit. Uh, and well, so I just need somebody that's not going to screw it up. And I need, as an offensive coordinator and a front office guy, I need to calm the waters on what I'm doing from an offensive system. Now, stop making everything so damn complicated. Keep it simple. You don't need to be a guru to be successful. You don't need to be. Well, here's food for thought very quickly. If none of those guys are viable options, hypothetically, what if the scenario does not work out for Big Ben? And Big Ben wants to do something that Peyton Manning was able to do or wants to do something that Tom Brady was able to do. I'm good. Do you bring Big Ben in for two years? I mean, he has to be a primary target if you're the Bears. Do you try to go after him for a year or two? Uh, for the last part of his career while also maybe getting somebody in the draft down the line or trying to restock. It's a feasible option, I think, Big Ben, for both the Bears and the Colts. Yeah, I'm, I'm passing on that one. I hear you. I'm just saying. I mean, if they wanted to make a splash, if they finally wanted to make a splash at the position. Go, go right it's in. There. You, you do it, Zubin. I'm going to I'm resign. Saying, would you, Keith, would you rather have Big Ben or Mitchell Trubisky? I'd rather have Mitch Trubisky, me, myself. Really? Yeah. Yeah, I, I would rather Why? have – why? Because I'm going to tailor things down and be more efficient. I don't want – I'm not – why would I take another dude's mess? Why am I taking Pittsburgh's mess? Pittsburgh doesn't want him. Why do I want him? Why would I want some Pittsburgh? Because you're in dire need. This is this no, is one – this not, is one no. – this no. is one and done for you. No, no. This is no. one and done for you. Okay, yeah. I, 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 I would rather take my chances with Big Ben than I, Mitch Trubisky if I have one year on I, my deal to I, make I, a splash. I'm resigning early off your staff so I can get a job and get ahead of this thing. This guy's unbelievable. Right. I mean, he quit ESPN president last week. Now he's he, quitting he, off the – He doesn't know what he wants to do. Jay, it's just going to be me and you tomorrow. He just this wants to quit. going to quit the show. You know, I'm yep, not he, getting – He's uh, opting it, out. It's okay, Key. You're opting out. I'm not getting fired messing around with you in Big Ben at 65 years old. I'm not doing that. Yeah, but he, there's If you else. told me Matt Ryan, then I'd be like, okay, cool. I, oh, I'd much rather get Matt Ryan than Big Ben. If that's about, I don't think he's on the table. Yes. I don't think he's an option. If Big Ben was 65, he would have that AARP card <laughs> that we mentioned. Mitch Trubisky is your best option. That's what Key's saying. Think about it. That's where the Bears are. Mitch Trubisky is the best of the options that we presented. Just let that marinate for one second. On the way... The Panthers are willing to do anything, another cat noise, we're willing to do anything to get into Super Bowl contention, including trading the farm. We'll ask a Super Bowl champion if it's even the right call. Wait till you hear some of the names that are involved for that quarterback in Houston that they'd love to get there. Hands on. Deshaun Watson seemingly has asked for a trade. He wants a fresh start. If there are two ones and a three and a former number one overall pick going for Matthew Stafford, what is Deshaun Watson worth then? The bar just went up. More from Keyshawn, J. Will, and Zubin next. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. 
Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only, exclusions apply. For the ones who get it done, Granger offers high-quality supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as access to product specialists who have the knowledge and experience to answer your toughest questions. Plus, their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facility safe and your people safer. Call, click Granger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Keyshawn, J. Will, and Zubin, the podcast. He wants out to, but where to, for Watson? That's the big question. Let's talk about it with the Super Bowl champion, Chris Canty, host of DCR on our New York affiliate, 98.7. CC, looking on, smooth, baby. Yeah, looking great. You see him Ooh, on Get Up. Oh, you already know, J. Will. I see you. <laughs> <laughs> Just a little swag, a little sauce. How you guys doing this morning? Good morning. What's happening, big dog? How you been? I'm good, man. I'm good. So to let, so let's have this conversation about what's going on with Deshaun Watson, the Carolina Panthers, where they're at. There's reports out there that the Carolina Panthers we would be willing to give up three first-round picks and potentially Christian McCaffrey to get a franchise, once-in-a-lifetime generational quarterback and Deshaun Watson, do you do that deal, though, Chris? Absolutely. If you're Carolina, if you're their owner, David Tepper, that's exactly what you do. You call Houston and see what it would take in order to get Deshaun Watson. And if it is paying a premium with three first-round picks and the face of your franchise in Christian McCaffrey, I-, I think it's the move that you have to make. The Panthers were in a lot of close games last year, eight one-score games. And if Deshaun Watson is the difference between getting them on the winning side of those games versus being on the losing side of those games, then I think it's absolutely a move that you have to do. And one thing, Chris, I just wanted to clear up. There's been a ton of talk about this because of the bullface names, three picks, Deshaun, Christian McCaffrey. This situation was just thrown out as a bold prediction by our Panthers reporter, uh, David Newton. Just so you know, at the desk, I do read the hot list. So it's one of those things where it's not exactly something that's on the table via Matt Rule and the owner, David Tepper. It's just something that our Panthers reporter that knows the club well says could be in the mix as a bold prediction of his sort. Essentially, David saying they are willing to move heaven and earth to get to Sean Watson. And to that degree, three first round picks and maybe the second best running back in the NFL. So just a little bit of clarity there. Uh, Chris, you played for the Cowboys, of course. Uh, Dak, contract thoughts, go. Well, here's the thing. I mean, Jerry Jones waited too late to address the contract, and now he's looking for Dak to take a team-friendly deal. If he wanted that, he should have done that two off-seasons ago after Dak's third year, but instead he decided to pay a running back $90 million. Now, listen, I don't want to get into Zeke Elliott's pockets, but the reality but is that did. if Jerry Jones wanted <laughs> – but it's the truth. But it's the truth, though, Key. It's the it's the truth. If Jerry Jones wanted a discount, he would have done what the San Diego Padres did last night, which is signing Fernando Tatis to a huge deal three or four seasons before they had to. So if Jerry Jones was looking to pay Dak in that low to mid thirties, then that's something that he could have done after Dak's third year. But now it's going to cost you market rate. 
And the reality is that Dak is one step closer to free agency, and he has that much more leverage. So if you're Dak Prescott, why would you take any contract that would pay you less on average annual value than the franchise tag is paying you this season? Would Thank you, no CeCe. Thank you, CeCe, because I'm at this point right now, if I'm Dak Prescott, like, I'm starting to get pissed off by this whole scenario. Like, hey, how, how much longer <laughs> are you guys going to give me? Or, 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 when are you finally going to give me what I deserve? What I deserve. And if I don't get it, then fine. I'll take another year. I'll risk it. I'll take another year and franchise tag me. And then let's see where I can go, where I want to go. Well, here's the thing. He's going to have options, right? And there's going to be a team that's out there, if he's in the marketplace, free and clear with no tags, that would be willing to pay him upwards of $40 million a season. If you're Dak Prescott, you can't ignore that. So I just, I just feel like in terms of where the Cowboys were at, where they wanted to pay him, and the amount of years that they wanted to contract versus where Dak is at, there's, there's a bit of a chasm there. And I don't think that it, you know, in order to get a deal done, I don't think it's Dak moving closer to the Cowboys. I think it's the Cowboys having to go closer to Dak Prescott. You know, it remains to be seen if Jerry Jones is willing to do that. You know, Chris, the, the Dak situation's been going on now for a couple of years, and, and we continue to keep haggling over why, when they should, if they should, if they don't. Do we know? Do we know that that Prescott can get that money on the open market that everybody in the in the National Football League feels the same way about Dak as we do? So taking that chance and running it back and hitting and signing the franchise tag and playing on the franchise tag and then looking up a year from now when you may or may not have a great season in running that risk, I'm just not a risk taker like that, that I'm willing to bet the farm on a situation in a sport that's so unpredictable. That's the only thing that I have in an issue with when he gets a deal done. Well, here's the thing, Key. It's always a quarterback-starved league. There are never enough quality quarterbacks to go around. So if Dak got to the free agent market, I have no doubt that he'd be able to command that kind of salary just because there's always going to be a team that needs to have a guy under center that can be a difference maker. And there just aren't enough of them walking around. So if you're Dak Prescott, you know that that's your leverage in this situation with the Cowboys. And if Jerry Jones is not going to give you your money, best believe somebody else will. People didn't think that Kirk Cousins was going to get paid the kind of money that he got paid once he left Washington. But look what happened. And then the Minnesota Vikings turned around and gave him more money on top of that in a contract extension. So there's always going to be opportunities for Dak to get paid. And when you're a free agent, you always get paid more money than when your team has you under control. So I have no doubt that Dak Prescott would eclipse what he's getting paid now in the franchise tag on the open market. Is the Eagles crazy right now? What's going on with the Eagles, man? Are they like, they all over the board, right? They One minute they want to trade Carson Wentz, the next minute they want to trade him, but then they may draft a quarterback according to reports that could potentially be out there. They like all over the board. What should they do, and when are they going to finally address the Carson Wentz situation? Well, Key, I, I thought they started to address it when they moved on from Doug Peterson at the end of the season. I thought that move was about Howie Roseman trying to appease Carson Wentz just because it felt like the organization was laying the groundwork for him to be the guy moving forward, keeping in mind that this is supposed to be year one of that contract extension that he signed a couple of seasons ago. But apparently Carson wants out. He feels like the organization undermined him of sorts and, and that he wasn't put in a situation where he can succeed. So I don't know if there is a path for these two to come back together. So if you're Harry Roseman right now, you just got to be looking to try to get the maximum value for trading Carson Wentz, whether that's in Chicago, whether that's in Indy. He's just got to be trying to find a, a, a trade package that brings back some compensation so they can rebuild their roster. 
Speaking of value, take me here to New York. What should the Jets do with the two, number two overall pick? Well, <laughs> first of all, if I'm the Jets and Joe Douglas, I'm calling down to Houston to see if Deshaun Watson is an option. And if he's not, then I think they have no choice. They have to draft a quarterback with the second overall pick. There's just too many question marks around Sam Donald and his ability to do the job. I know we want to blame the production or lack thereof the first three years on the dysfunction that's been around him, whether it's the head coach getting fired in his rookie year, the GM getting fired going into his second year. I, I know there's a lot of moving parts, but, but ultimately we, we don't know who's, who's responsible for that. Is it Adam Gase or is it Sam Donald? And that unknown, that uncertainty to me, is why you have to move off them because I don't think you can afford to pass on the opportunity to draft one of these young signal callers coming out of the draft. Why, why would you move on, though, from Sam? In, 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 so here, here's how I look at it, Canty. You got, let's assume Trevor Lawrence is off the board. You got four other quarterbacks in this draft, or three other quarterbacks for that matter, if you want to put Mac Jones in the situation four, mm-hmm. that are in college football that you don't know anything about really at the pro level, but you have a guy that you drafted three years ago with the third pick in the draft that you've seen flashes, both good and bad, with bad coaching, three different, four different offensive coordinators and potentially going on three different head coaches, no receivers, no tight, like nothing. And you want to take a chance with some young dudes coming out of BYU, Ohio State, North Dakota State, and an Alabama system that was run by Steve Sarkeesian. I, I just, you know, I don't know, man. I don't know, Canty. Well, here's what, here's what it is, Key. It's a potential conversation, and as a coach once told me in the NFL, potential just means you haven't done it yet. Mm-hmm. Now, you're projecting with those kids coming out of college, but when you look at Sam Donald, you've got three years of tape, and you're still asking yourself the question, and Key, our old coach Bill Parcells used to always say, if I keep having to ask the question, eventually I'm going to land on the answer being no. And I think we're getting to that point with Sam Donald. And beyond that, if you're Joe Douglas and you got the second overall pick, how many times are you going to have the second overall pick over the course of the next two or three seasons where you can actually address it by drafting a quarterback at the top of the draft? No, that's like, just... You're not going to have the second overall pick that many times. So if you're in a position where you don't know about your quarterback – and you have his potential for four quarterbacks to go in the top ten, it just makes sense if you're Joe Douglas to move off of Sam. And then the last reason I will say is this. Sam Donald, they got to make a decision on his fifth-year option this offseason. If you're Joe Douglas, it gives you the opportunity to reset the money at the position if you draft the quarterback at two. You don't have to commit those types of resources to Sam moving forward. You can allocate that to the rest of your roster. That gives you a lot of flexibility in terms of how you're going to rebuild your program. Last thing I would say here, if what Canty says is true and you get to a situation where they selected quarterback at number two, that would mean, I understand there's been a regime change, but that would mean over the last four years, the Jets have picked a quarterback twice in the top three. And that's just something you have to just get your mind around. And speaking of three, I'm sorry, I'm seeing ghosts. I know it's one thing. I know it's one thing. There is no way. There's no way I want that guy saying those words on national television. I understand he didn't say it. It was leaked out there. But if that's how you truly feel, I don't want you as my quarterback. I can't have you as my quarterback. Chris, thank you very much. You got a radio show today. You got get up today. You're all over the place. Wait, hold on, man. Before you go. What you got? (laughs) Lakers in the Nets. We we, we got a bet, CC. 
He and I got a bet. That's CC. a big deal. So yeah, you know, what, right? He, he, no, oh. no, we got a bet. But then Jay will this morning tried to flip the script. Oh, I'm no, gonna take the no. Lakers. I'm gonna, and then no, I had no, to, no, 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 I had no, no, to no, call no. him out on the carpet for it. No, I said the Lakers should win, but I will take the Nets just for the sake after of you said with, you were going Brooklyn. to take the Lakers. Chris, you're a Laker you know fan, right? Sides, you're a Laker Keith. guy, Chris. Yeah, you know, you know, you know, I'm with Keyshawn, man. I'm a Lakers fan. I've been a Lakers fan all my life. Man, he so I'm out here. With them, I don't want you to be a fan. Kyrie got that tight back, and KD got a hamstring. Yeah, but I, I JD, J, uh, JD, <laughs> JD. Well, my initials are JD. You got it. Jay will sitting up there acting like because AD is on the sideline for a couple weeks. That it's all gloom and doom in L.A. That's how he's no, trying to sell it to the that. people. No, oh, man, stop. stop, man. You better stop with this propaganda, Keyshawn. I just said that you should take it easy <laughs> with a guy who's 6'10", CC, man, 250 pounds stop. with an Achilles issue. That's all I'm how saying. How you a Laker fan, Give though, Canty? I got I to gotta watch you, too. How you a Laker fan, man? Where that come from? Listen, man, it was the Showtime era of the Lakers back in the 80s, man. Okay. My dad was a Knicks fan. I didn't want to root for his team. So I went with the opposite of that, which was the Lakers, man. Okay. How could you not love the Lakers in the 80s? Well, I'm, I'm just saying, being that. an East Coast dude, you know how East Coast bias is. Y'all be hating on us out west, so. Come Ooh, on, man. Don't start with all of that, Keith. He's always trying to do that. What, what do you mean? CeCe, can you imagine being on those teams You're in the 80s trying, trying with to magic? Bring up East Coast oh. bias, man. Oh, am I lying? Exactly. They were they were they were squad, Jay Will. That was a squad back we got then. A, I'm, talking about, I'm talking about the games off the court too. They, they the, were out. On there. the West Coast, we've got to do stop ten it. times more <laughs> than y'all on the East Coast to get the respect. Oh, stop it, Key. It's all part of people like zooming in the go. media. Here we stop. go. Well, stop. speaking of Showtime, forget up playing the world's smallest violin <laughs> every day, CC every day. Showtime, get up. 29 minutes away, not the Showtime Lakers, Showtime for Chris, and then the radio show to start the day, then with us, then TV. You're all over the place, man. Appreciate you being with us. Thanks for having me, guys. Jay Will be on. All right, CC. And don't think I didn't catch the uh, Jay Will AC Green reference there, by the way. (laughs) That didn't slip by me, bro. Hey, as AC said, I waited, and boy, was it worth it. Those are AC's words. And by the way, I never, I never tagged you as a J.D. Salinger fan, Key, but you never, you never know. I mean, I'm learning new things about you guys every day. Let's roll a little Sports Center, and then we're going to take it or shake it. Hey. Dame walks it across the timeline. The shot clock at 18. Blazers down one. Dame takes off, dribbles, drives. He's bumped. He throws it up and banks it in. Damian Lillard has an opportunity for a three-point play as he gives the Blazers the lead with 16 and a half seconds remaining. Ripping through on Rip City Radio, Blazers edge the Pelicans 126-124. Another virtuoso performance. Uh, Canty had the little violins. A virtuoso performance from Damian Lillard. 43 points, 16 dimes. The Blazers have won six in a row. Mets outfielder. Heisman Trophy winner, all-around great guy. Tim Tebow is retiring from pro baseball. If you want his stats, he played in 77 games at baseball's highest minor league level a couple years ago. I believe they call that AAA. Batting 163 with four home runs. He was actually a great high school baseball player. And then football got in the way. But as I've said before, and I'll say it again. Football got in the way. (laughs) I'll I'll say this a hundred times. If you are as talented as you guys were, Key J, Tim Tebow, live your dream for every single second. Don't worry about the haters. Those are people that have never done anything and never gotten off their butt for one second. Tim Tebow 
did what he did. He loved it, and he spent every second doing it. Congratulations to him. Empty the bucket. Black history always. Pitchers, catchers starting to report to spring training. 14 teams yesterday. This morning, we're going to honor the Pittsburgh Pirates. On September 1st of 1971, they fielded MLB's first black or all-Latino starting lineup, led by the late great Roberto Clemente, who might have been a better human off the field than he was a player on the field, alongside Willie Stargell. They beat the Phillies that day, 10-7. A few weeks later, We Are Family won the World Series. Sports Center is presented by Progressive Insurance. Progressive's home quote explorer is changing the way you buy home insurance. Now you can go online, get a custom quote, and save both time and money. Learn more at Progressive.com. Keys at the YMCA. Take it or shake it is brought to you by Granger. Let's roll through it. Take it, you want it, shake it, you don't. Joel Embiid or Nikola Jokic, not LeBron, Joel Embiid or Nikola Jokic will win the MVP, take it or shake it. Shake it! Shake it! It's not going to happen. I get it. Joel Embiid is playing great, so is uh, Joker, but it's LeBron. LeBron's going to carry the Lakers until AD gets back, whether they drop one or two games along the way. This is a situation where here's a guy who should have won it last year. Clearly, he didn't get it because they gave it to Giannis this year. He's so out in front in people's eyes based on last year and this year. His play, it's going to him. I like the fact that they're mentioned because it makes it interesting, but not a chance. Here's my thing. I think the, I think the MVP award, it's a regular season award. I, I think we should have the MVP at the end of the year. I think playoffs should matter. right? We, we always – Debase the regular season. Nobody, everybody's like, oh, Giannis wins the MVP, but he never gets past. Like, we always find a way to demean it. It should be an all season, including the playoff award. With that being said, if it's just a regular season award, I think you have to really account Joel Embiid. I have LeBron as a favorite right now, but they have the best record in the East, and he is playing out of his mind. If he continues to play out of his mind at this rate, and if LeBron has some drop off without AD, people will use the argument, well, LeBron doesn't have a top five player on his team anymore. This is what happens at this age. Uh, Joel Embiid is in the conversation. I will take that bet. Okay, speaking of playing out of his mind in the NBA, Damian Lillard is the most, I guess I had to qualify this word, Damian Lillard is the most underrated player in the NBA. Take it or shake it. Shake it! Shake it! it. How how could he be underrated? He makes 200 and something odd million dollars. He's cooking left and right. He has commercials. His team is, is, is missing one of his running mates, and they still are holding on for dear life to make the playoffs. He's doing everything he's supposed to do. What, I don't understand. Where, where is he underrated at? He's completely underrated, Key. How like, so? Because last year, look, people had tried to use this thing. Two years ago, this team went to the Western Conference Finals. Two years ago, Western Conference Finals. And last year, they were barely making the playoffs. It took an incredible run in the bubble. They've had injuries. Nobody even talked about Dame. Everybody talked about how they struggled. This year, when have we talked about the Portland Trailblazers? People didn't even know they were fourth in the West, though, Keith. But but it's not – he's not underrated, though. But we don't don't talk about Dame the way we talk about LeBron. Yeah, but he's not LeBron. I'll give you a prime example. Look at the way we've been talking about Steph Curry this year. Yeah, but he's not Steph Curry. Steph Curry what do you mean has, he's not Steph Curry? Because Steph Curry has a lot of equity already built up, Jay. LeBron James has equity built up. They've won championships. That's you're why we're gonna, saying he's underrated. But he's not underrated. Just because he, you're not talking about him every single day, all day. First of all, he's in Portland. It's the Portland Trailblazers. They've yes. never won a championship. Yes. He's on plenty of commercials. He's getting noticed. You, you, you see him on all stuff all over the place. He's not underrated. There's no way. 
No How come way. we haven't mentioned his name in the MVP conversation? I haven't seen because, anybody talk about him as the MVP. You, you tell me, you tell me who's going to win the MVP if they if they are five, six, seven, eight seeding. Nobody gets the MVP. I, nobody I, gets I, that conversation. But they're fourth right now. They're fourth. Yeah, they, that's what I'm saying. And they're yeah, trending upwards. But right now, LeBron is so far out in front of everybody that it's kind of hard to start. You know, last week we started mentioning Steph, but we know Steph ain't going to get it. You can mention him. Here you go. Oh, yeah. Dame Lillard mentioned for the MVP. There we go. I, I think his name I, – I look, I, I think Dame is underrated. Even, no. even with the commercials, it's every year. Every year he has to put Portland on his back with CJ in order for them to get notoriety. And they've been deplenished by injuries all the time. They, Zach Collins injured again. Nurk is injured win, again. Though, you got, you got, they are winning. No, I'm talking about, like, they got to win. They got to, like, just – they got to get to the championship all before he could be a name that's out there that you put up with the two or three or four guys in the NBA. It's hard to do when you buried in Portland, but I, he is not underrated. There's no way. All right, Zub. the guy's an all star. How could he be underrated? I think being buried. A lot of all stars are underrated. I think being buried in Portland was actually part of the genesis of that question, but yes. we'll see. Okay, the Bucks are frauds. Take Dude. it or shake it. Speak with your chest, Key. Speak with your chest. Take it! Take it! Take it! Yeah, I, you know, look. Mm. We, we thought that maybe getting Giannis some help could certainly have the Bucks in that one-two conversation in the East match with the Brooklyn Nets. I felt all alone that Glenn Rivers, which is Doc Rivers, who coaches at the 76ers, when he came over from the Clippers at the Sixers, would obviously move up. I was told I didn't know what I was talking about, but whatever the case may be. I also thought that Milwaukee getting guys like Drew Holiday would certainly help Giannis in the Milwaukee Bucks. That has not happened. That it just I don't know if it's a chemistry thing, when it's going to change, but it hasn't happened, and I don't see him coming anywhere near close to coming out of the East. I, I would agree. I think, look, the Bucks are third in the East. They are still, but it, like I said, they always play well in the regular season. We expect them to play well in the regular season. There was rumors the other day about a potential trade between the Warriors and the Bucks involving Chris Middleton. It'd be interesting to see how these things continue to pan out. But like that's why I said, I don't want this to be a regular season award anymore, the MVP. I want it to be an entire including the playoffs, because I think the Bucks need to go to a different level. I just don't know if they're going to get to that different level this year, and that means getting out of the second round of the playoffs. We'll wait that last NBA championship with the Bucks in the early 1970s. They've been and close. Zubin, yes. we, talked about, we talked about Giannis signing that really big deal, right? Yeah. What, what was our window? We said two years. If yep. they don't get out of that second round, you're going to start hearing Giannis the same thing. Like, all right, what's up? What are we doing here? Is Milwaukee the place I need to be long term? Oh, always remember this. He had 37 days to sign that extension. He signed it on the 31st day. That much money offered, and you think you're a winner? You signed it on day one, not day exactly. 31. Exactly. Thank you. Not day 31. <laughs> Thank you. I love Zubit. Exactly. No, it's easy. You, you sign that money yeah, on no, day I, one. I love it, though. He's 31 days. 31 days. He should have took it to 37 and a half. Would have given us more content. What was he doing? We should have had six more days to squeeze out of him. Marcus, ultimately, what should the Steelers do with their franchise quarterback here? Number one, Kev, obviously restructure. Try to use Ben as a gap bridger. It signals the end of the Roethlisberger era in Pittsburgh. This is Keyshawn, J. Will, and Zubin.
Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day. But sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. Keyshawn, J. Will, and Zubin, the podcast. It's one opinion, but the past and present for Ben has been excellent. You think about that 2004 quarterback class, it didn't end particularly well for Eli Manning, the way it ended. Maybe blame it on McAdoo, maybe blame it on somebody else. How is it going to end for Ben? And it okay for Phil Rivers? <laughs> Phil and Eli are done. Is Ben next? Let's break it down. Field Yates, ESPN NFL insider and the host of the First Draft Podcast, wherever you get podcasts, joins us this morning. The Yatesers! Um, what up, Field? Hotline. Good morning, Field. Good morning, gentlemen. Always good to be on with you guys early in the morning. Likewise. So here's the deal. You posted a piece, which you can check out right now on ESPNplus.com, where essentially you're talking about all the 32 starters when the 2021 season begins and all of the change that could occur. No matter who your team is, check out the piece on ESPNplus.com. But yesterday, the Ben Roethlisberger wrinkle threw everything into a tizzy when GM Kevin Colbert came out and said, hey, we're not sure. The money, he's a stealer at this moment, going all less need Jared Goff. Very interesting. So, peace has been posted. Those comments have been made. How do you evaluate what's going on in Pittsburgh right now? Yeah, let me quickly say, by the way, Z, that I like writing these kind of pieces because they allow Keyshawn to respond and tell me all the ways in which I'm wrong with my predictions. But back to the Pittsburgh Steelers. I thought this was a certainty that Ben Roethlisberger would be back, not just because financially the Steelers have at least $22.5 million committed to Ben Roethlisberger on the cap in 2021, no matter what happens. But also, this is an organization that has been incredibly loyal to players, coaches, and GMs alike throughout its franchise's history. And as bad as it ended year for the Steelers, which included one and three down the stretch and then a playoff loss to the Browns, who were very limited, they were at one point 11 and 0. So I would have thought that Ben Roethlisberger would be back. Now, if I had to reassess my certainty, it went from, let's say, 98% to maybe more like 70 to 75%. The problem I'm having with not believing that Ben Roethlisberger will be back is that Who's going to be there instead? It's not like the Steelers have a lot of cap space. And as you guys heard during that tease, there's really nobody on the roster right now that can fill Ben Roethlisberger's shoes, and this team can still be really good next year. Hey, hey Phil, you're wrong. No, look, um, it couldn't it be such that they <laughs> that they have a little bit of a, a 
sort of kind of like a reboot, right? Their running game is kind of stale. They've got to pl- replace Pouncey on the offensive line. They don't know what is going to happen with Juju Smith at the receiver position because he hits free agency. You, your defense is banged up. you got to get those guys back healthy. So when you start to look at it, could it be such that they're not really saying it's a reboot, but sort of a mini-reboot? Yeah, it could be sort of the the beginning of it too, Key, and that's what I don't know because the defense is so good, or at least was for much of last year, that if you bring back the core of that defense and you decided to just rebuild from scratch on offense, it might be wasting assets defensively. So we'll see what happens with someone like T.J. Watt, for example, if he gets an extension this offseason. Do they retain Bud Dupree somehow, which would be very difficult for them to do. The Steelers have been one of those teams, one of the very few teams, that has been able to avoid ever having to really reboot or retool the roster. As we all know, Mike Tomlin, in his illustrious coaching career, has never had a losing record. So if the Steelers go down that path, it would be sort of uncharted territory. I think the reality for the Steelers is that they knew they were going to have to make some difficult decisions this offseason. But the cap going down potentially to $175 million, has forced their hand in a way that nobody could have guessed, of course, because nobody was expecting a pandemic, but maybe impacts them as much as basically any team in the NFL, perhaps other than the New Orleans Saints. Phil, I need a quick answer here. Who is going to be the QB of the Chicago Bears next season? <clears throat> Jay Will, I'm not sure you're going to like this one, my man. I went with Sam Darnold in my piece, and here's the reason why. I had already given the Jets Zach Wilson with a number two overall pick. Carson Wentz went to the Indianapolis Colts in my scenario. Deshaun Watson went to the Carolina Panthers in my scenario. The Bears aren't going to have a ton of options. Sam Darnold has not been an effective quarterback to this point in his career. The question is, how much of that was circumstance? Bad offensive line, bad receivers. And could a change of scenery to Chicago help boost his career? The Bears need someone who can help them win right away. Sam Darnold may not be that player, but they don't have a lot of other great options right now. Indeed. Change of scenery is essentially the theme of the piece that Field wrote again. It's on ESPN+. He's wrong again. <laughs> Hang on. We're on delay. So? <laughs> there comes the left. Always. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right, sorry, TV joke there with the delay. Okay, Field, thank you so much. We'll check out the piece on ESPN+. Plus. Thanks, Field. Thanks, guys. All right, Field. Way the to beat, sir. Always way to beat, as they say. Just way to beat. We are presented by Progressive Insurance, and Field said what we've been talking about for the last couple hours. They don't have good options in Chicago, but they need one. That's the huge problem. How do you get out of that pickle? On the way, more on Big Ben and where he might land. Jay's got a prediction you'll love. Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you, with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.